with another episode of Can You Dig It? A podcast by Silver Screen and Roll, an SB Nation Lakers community. You can find us over at silverscreenandroll.com or on social at LakersSBN. I'm Christian, and with me as he is every week is Grant Goldberg. And Grant, are, are you are you feeling the holiday spirit yet? Or are you more of like a, a Kawhi Leonard where it just it's just not that time of year for you yet? Well, I, I think... I'm kind of confusing with this because I'd put my name on Twitter at is uh, it's at Grant Goldberg by the way so follow me there but uh, <laughs> it's I put the display name as Grant Grinchberg but I totally love Christmas I'm in the Christmas spirit <laughs> uh, I could not be more excited uh, especially for this Christmas Day matchup the Lakers have against the Warriors but I'm sure we're gonna talk about that when we get closer to it so I'll save that for later but yes I'm excited. For Christmas, I'm full of Christmas cheer. I'm like Buddy the Elf, except a lot shorter and not Will Ferrell uh, and less funny. <laughs> the, the, we, have a, we have a lot to talk about. It was a pretty eventful week. Uh, there's no game today on the Wednesday that we're recording, uh, but there is no shortage of news. The Lakers are back in the trade market. Uh, trade restrictions are going to be lifted on December 15th, de- uh, December 15th, of course. And that means the free agent signings that the Lakers made in the in the summer will be able to be flipped for players. And while fans would like to see players like um, Lance Stevenson or Michael Beasley get flipped uh, before the trade deadline, the name that we've been hearing the most as of late has been Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And a report came out today that the Rockets were interested uh, in getting in on the Contavious Caldwell-Pope pipe. Um, and more specifically... The rumored trade, uh, the rumored three-team trade for Trevor Ariza that would bring him back home to the Lakers. Grant, how are you feeling about all this? What do you want to see Ariza back in a Lakers uniform? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a little weird because I've grown on KCP this year, or or vice versa. He's grown on me. Yeah, uh, especially after you know being really solid last year for the most part. And so it was good to see him get out of the slump, be a reliable shooter and defender for the Lakers. But uh, as we're seeing, the the rotation is kind of clunky in the way that it fits and that it uh, rolls out. And with so much uh, so much going on with the wing position for the Lakers, you know Ingram hurt or suspended, and then you have you know your fair share of injuries. Uh, Michael Beasley isn't able to suit up due to family issues, uh, and. Just a side note. No, I hope everything's working out with that, and Absolutely. you know that yeah. definitely takes precedent over basketball. Uh, but I, I love Trevor Ariza. He's you know kind of the ultimate glue guy you want on your team, and uh, he just does so many little things. He defends, he shoots, and uh, obviously the numbers are down in Phoenix right now. But you know, I not to compare apples to oranges, but you know, Tyson Chandler was in the same kind of situation uh, on kind of a dying team, mm-hmm. wasn't in the right role. Uh, and so I think that Ariza could come to LA and he could have a lot better of a year. Uh, but I would be a little bit sad. I'm not going to lie to see uh, KCP walk given the way that he's playing, but I, I, I would rather deal him to, to Phoenix than Houston. Yeah. And you, you know, the, the most puzzling thing to me that I've seen, uh, are in, in these 
you know, whenever the Lakers are mentioned in a in a trade rumor, you'll always have people. I, I don't know if you get this in your mentions, but people adding you with their trade proposals, with their with their trade machine, uh, thinking that they're you know the trade machine Picasso. Um, the the fact that people are assuming that the Lakers have to include a first round pick in this deal to get it done is absolutely ludicrous to me because Contavious Caldwell Pope is younger than Trevor Ariza by, I believe it's eight years. Um, that's just for starters. Number two, Contavious Caldwell Pope, for all his faults, has been a marginally better player than Trevor Ariza this year. I mean, if we're getting the Trevor Ariza that you know we saw in Houston these past few years, the prototypical 3 and D glue guy that every contender needs absolutely maybe you consider including a top 20 protected pick but for this iteration of trevor ariza for you know a contavious caldwell pope that has shown you know to be a good two-way player that can knock down open shots um and for a team that needs help on the wing a long-term option potentially because again he is still pretty young uh, so th- that that kind of blows my mind. And I, I do agree. I think if if you had to choose between Phoenix and Houston, you'd want to send send them to Phoenix, because even though Houston has the second worst record in the Western Conference right now, the Western Conference playoff race is so insane that, you know, they could they could ride rocket up the standings for lack of. Lack oh, of come on. <laughs> Uh, you know, over over the next few weeks, they could be back in it. You know what? And I, I'd, I'd put I'd put my money if I had to put my money on something for the Rockets to climb back into that race. But the Western Conference is just a blood it's a bloodbath, and I think that you know taking away one of your better players and 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 I don't even know what Houston would give up just to pick. But I, I, I'm just, I'm just confused by, uh, by the Rockets being in there. I think they should definitely go with J.R. Smith uh, instead of KCP. <laughs> yeah, uh, for for no reason other than J.R. Smith is an absolute consummate professional. Uh, we wish him nothing but the best. But um, that the I agree. What 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 would Houston get back? Because the thing that works in the trade machine. Uh, and makes most sense for Phoenix is Houston sending uh, Brandon Knight to Phoenix and KCP ending up in Houston. But the Suns literally just traded Brandon Knight. Like a few months ago, they they sent him out. So, man, I I don't know. It's it's gonna be tough. The only the only trade or the only salary that really works in a trade is Eric Gordon. But man, if you're Houston, do you give up Eric Gordon? For Contavious Caldwell Pope, like uh, besides it being maybe a salary dump for next summer, but I, that's like, that's the then, scenario where you ask the Lakers to take to to give up a pick, but yeah, uh, it, that that it's just it's a funky deal if you're trying to send them to Houston, um, and then you have the the report from the the Phoenix Suns radio guy uh, saying that you know a bunch of teams are interested in Trevor and. Um, you know, they just don't want KCP and a random bench player. But you now that guy is, you know, close to the owner that I've heard. And I, I think that, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably just trying to drive up the price for Trevor yeah. Ariza. But, uh, and- I mean, if we're, if we're doing a deal, 
get get it done with the Phoenix Suns because in all likelihood it's not going to work out for them. <laughs> and and the the thing about that report you were you were talking about um, is that the Woj's original report was never, and I haven't seen a single report implying that KCP was going to go to Phoenix because first of all the 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 Suns really don't need KCP. I mean, they need as much NBA talent as they can possibly get. But I think the wing position is where they need the least amount of help right now. And uh, and and secondly, KCP can veto any trade he wants to. And while I'm I'm sure he'd get playing time in Phoenix, most of it would probably come at point guard, which. I don't know if you've seen KCP dribble a ball or try to facilitate an offense, uh, but he's absolutely not a point guard. Well, aren't they? So, aren't they trying to make Point Booker work in Phoenix? They, yeah, yeah, they are. So that's ah, man. I don't know. Well, I that's, mean, and 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 the point of you know him having the the option to veto any trade is he really going to veto that trade? Being a clutch sports guy, being on LeBron's team, I I I feel like they're gonna try to. Uh, to nudge him in the in the direction that the Lakers want him to go. Well, it helps that he has a a fifteen percent trade bonus if he does decide uh, to to waive that power that he has, which I think is what ultimately gets it done. And the reason I think it gets done sooner rather than later is that that fifteen percent trade bonus with each day that passes by uh, decreases in percentage. So. Uh, I'd be surprised if a trade doesn't get done this weekend, especially with uh, reports uh, or at least uh, whispers from Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer saying that he's spoken to executives and that, you know, it's it's in place. And that backs up everything that we've heard so far, um, you know, regarding the situation. Uh, Grant, we're going to jump on the trade machine, if you will. Get your fingers ready. And uh, try to figure out what the perfect trade scenario for KCP. And when I mean perfect, I don't mean, you know, KCP for KD because that's perfect. I'm talking realistic trade scenarios that would give Lakers Ariza and KCP a spot on a maybe not a contender, but a fringe contender that he'd have a pretty large role on. So I'll let you start. KCP to somewhere he's loved. And Ariza to L.A. You have the floor, sir. Okay, so this is tough for me because KCP has grown into my son. <laughs> and you know, I think that you know, whether it's, it's a team that is a playoff contender, it's probably going to be a playoff contender because he's not going to agree to go elsewhere. So mm. I'd like to see him go to New Orleans. I think mm. that would be a fun, fi- uh, a fun fit for him next to Drew Holiday. Uh, with Anthony Davis, Julius Randle, uh, it'd kind of be like a version of the of the of the Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance trade to the Cavs, setting up the future Anthony Davis <laughs> to the Lakers move. But um, I don't know, maybe send Phoenix Etwan Moore. Um, I, I I don't know how the money works in this situation. Uh, the mm. trade machine's not working for me right now. Neither is my brain. <laughs> but uh, I think New Orleans would be a really fun fit for KCP. Yeah, I, I saw uh, a trade proposal involving New Orleans with Frank Jackson and Solomon Hill. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but Frank, Jack- Frank Jackson, at least coming out of high school, 
was a five-star recruit and kind of got his, uh, you know, collegiate career derailed with injuries and even the early part of his, um, of his NBA career. So the potential is definitely there. I mean, he's a, he was a Duke guy. Uh, so I think, you know, sending Frank Jackson to Phoenix would be a decent pickup for them, uh, especially with DeAnthony Melton already there. They have two high upside prospects that would be relatively low cost. So yeah, I, I like New Orleans as a fit for him. Any chance we could get uh, Julius Randle back in that trade? Oh my god! So this is what the fifth consecutive <laughs> show where he has to come to uh, to come to the Lakers. But um, the money—I mean, you could try to match salary with that. I don't know, but here's the thing: we'd have to get in order to make the salaries work. We'd have to. Uh, We'd have to get Wesley Johnson back in a Lakers uniform. And that's the real homecoming we're all waiting for. Forget Trevor Ariza. Get Wesley Johnson back in a Lakers uniform. Look, now that Kevin Ding is a Lakers employee, I don't know how that's all going to shake out. It's a a coming-of-age story between Wesley Johnson and Kevin Ding coming. Who's to say? (laughs) But uh, just the potential of that happening now, it might need to, to work out. For me, I think the ideal landing spot and the one that's been thrown out the most is probably Philly, especially because they've expressed interest in him in the past. Um, the And the, the trade that works and makes the most sense for everyone is KCP to Philly, Ariza to L.A., and Markel Fultz to Phoenix. But that's all dependent on how high or low the 76ers are on Fultz's future. And from the reports that have come out, you know, over the the week, it's that Phoenix doesn't want Fultz, which I I don't understand. I understand the Phoenix Suns, as it stands, are a, poor, a poorly ran organization, with the exception of, you know, the... The, the moves they've made in the Lakers' behalf. I mean, they're doing more for the Lakers right now than they're doing for themselves. If if they don't want Fultz, who was the number one pick in their draft two years ago, and who's, you know, the, the, the cloud looming over him as a player is very, very big. But if you can have him for the price of Trevor Ariza or Contavious Caldwell-Pope, you absolutely do that trade. You're not winning any games anytime soon. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Josh Jackson, and I'll even throw uh, Mikael Bridges in there as guys that I think are going to be very solid players. But they're not going to win games within the next few years. You can afford to wait on Markel Fultz. Why would they not do that trade? If I'm the Phoenix Suns, you know that's the reason why I don't do the trade because I'm the Phoenix Suns, I have the most incompetent owner in basketball, and you now revolving door of GMs. And so, I mean, if but truly, if I was in their position, there's there's no way I'm not taking a flyer on the number one pick in Markel Fultz, especially when it comes at the price tag of uh, one or two expiring contracts. Absolutely, and uh, so that would be. The absolute no-brainer to me. Um, what I, I've also seen the Atlanta Hawks thrown around as as a as a place he could land, but again, would he waive that 
you know, that right for the Atlanta Hawks. I'm not sure. But uh, Jeremy Lin works as far as salaries go as somebody that can be sent to Phoenix. And he'd be a decent fit there. So it's going to be interesting to see the way it all unfolds. Hey, um, man, the, the Trevor Ariza, KCP, Etuan Moore trade does work out in terms of salary. So I'm not saying we have to do it, but I'm, I'm nudging. Yeah, that, that's not a arm. bad trade at all. I, I, think, I think that's what should happen. It makes the Pelicans a lot more dangerous. <laughs> and so I don't know about that, but you know, I'd like to see Trevor come home. And if that's what has to get it done, then do it. The the biggest thing to me um, – oh, hold on, hold on. Grant, we have some breaking news on the pod. Nothing too serious. Um, but Brad Turner of the Los Angeles Times is reporting as we speak. The Lakers won't surrender Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, or Josh Hart to the Suns for Trevor Ariza. Duh. <laughs> uh, the Suns turned down a three-team – proposal according to a source and two sources confirmed the Rockets called the Lakers two weeks ago about trading for Contavious Caldwell Pope no deal is imminent duh I mean you, in other news you know grass <laughs> is green but yeah I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't guess that the Lakers were going to involve any of those guys in a trade for Trevor Ariza I'm for Trevor Ariza, like, he's 33. I'm almost like I'm almost offended that it had to be said. <laughs> I mean, my God! I, with all due respect to James Jones, you know who single-handedly brought the Lakers' season back from the dead. What? Hey, man, James Jones was a shooter. <laughs> Apparently, he still is. So you know, I can't. I, I can't was- knock the hustle. Yeah, in his mind, he was like, I did LeBron a solid. Maybe he can do do me one back. But you're talking about solid NBA players that have had better seasons than Trevor Ariza for Trevor Ariza. Man, hell no. No, no way. <laughs> no, and I feel like the we can match the level of, of absurdity with how high our voices just went in, in talking about this this uh, report that just came out. But, it's like yeah. saying the Lakers haven't asked for Devin Booker back in a trade for Contavious Caldwell Pope. We might we can tweet that right now, and it would be just as helpful as as the report Brad Turner just put out. With all due respect to Brad Turner, we respect the works he does. Yeah, but did that really need to be said? Look, man. I, I guess we can. I guess we can. You know, start to question whether, whether uh, the the relationship with LeBron, the young guys, is really as good as it's you know being reported. It is now. Now that we have to report that they're not being in the Jeez, in the trade. Man. Well, that was uh, not what I thought it was going to be. But you know, news is news, and we got a fun little live reaction out of it. So I guess that's something. Um, what the, the most interesting in all seriousness, the most interesting thing that came out of this report for me, um, is what we've been hearing uh, over the past few days is that no deal is imminent, meaning, um, the sun and it said the sun's turned down a three team deal. So it does whatever traction was made over the past few days on a deal, 
is likely no longer um, because I guess they wouldn't include Hart, Kuzma, or Ball, which it must have been – they must have settled on a deal and then James Jones was going to – was talking in his head and said, ah, you know what? I'm just going to ask. I'm going to ask him. <laughs> I'm going to ask him for one of them. And he got turned down and he was like, ah, well, we tried. I thought if I if I threw a curveball at them last minute, they'd include one of them. But now we have to start from the ground. Um, so that's not super promising for their Ariza pursuit. But if they're expecting any one of those guys for Ariza, I'm okay passing. I mean, the, I think the thing that's understated in all of this is the fact that the Lakers sticking with Contavious Caldwell Pope for the rest of the season is a perfectly fine scenario that they can live with. Yeah, no, like we said, you know, KCP's been a solid player throughout his whole tenure with the Lakers, and uh, he's a guy that can make the team better, uh, runs in transition, hits open shots, defends well, great energy on the floor. Uh, I mean, he's the guy that you want with when you're a contending team, so you know, if they eventually cannot find a trade for him, I don't think it's going to be the worst thing. So, I think the one guy we can say pretty confidently is not going to be sent to Phoenix is Kyle Kuzma, who in the past few weeks has been an absolute whirlwind for the Lakers. Um, I mean, in his last 10 games alone, he's averaging 20.2 points on 49.4% shooting from the field, 34.3% shooting from three to go along with 7.5 rebounds and 3.3 assists, which, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but for Kuz, anybody that's watched Kuz knows that to get to the 3.3 assist mark ha- is is a tremendous feat for him. <laughs> and to put into context how crazy it is, in the 77 games he played last season, he had just three games with five or more assists. Through the games he's played this season, he already has four, including three in his last five games. That is pretty damn remarkable, and I think that playmaking has allowed him to expand his game even more than it is now offensively, and right now it's already pretty damn impressive. Yeah, uh, the the turnaround that Kuz has made, it's, it's you know more remarkable, I think, than, than KCP's turnaround just because it's it's so important for the Lakers to find the guy next to LeBron James, and you know Lonzo compliments him super well. But we're finding you know Kuz you know plays off of him as well as we've seen any of the young guys. Uh, he really has stepped into that role of the you know de facto guy when you know LeBron isn't you know trying to score and when he tries to uh, when he's just trying to you know help his teammates out and, and rack up the assists and, and find guys in the right spots. And it turns out Kuz is, you know, being in those right spots. He's, you know, cutting. He's, you know, finding the open spots on the floor, floating to the three-point line. And he's also playmaking. And it's just so it's so crazy to see that uh, compared to, you know, how he's playing, especially in the beginning of this season. Kuzma said something interesting at practice today that uh, probably raised more eyebrows than it should have. But... He said part of the reason he's had such success on the floor lately uh, is because he's um, and and I don't want to misquote him, uh, but what it boiled down to for him was being 
uh, I guess, asked to do more offensively as far as handling the ball and making plays, uh, which can be read as Kyle Kuzma plays better with Brandon Ingram on the floor. Uh, Now, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but from what I remember, Kuzma is actually a worse player when, when Ingram isn't on the floor. But I think what he's saying is his role with the team is a lot different when he's not sharing the floor with um, what you have is is three dominant three ball dominant players in LeBron James, Lonzo Ball, and Brandon Ingram. So you're taking the ball out of at least one player's hands and putting it into his hands, and he's shown that he's capable of of being that ball handler and making plays for guys, and it's worked out pretty well for him so far. Yeah, and I think. Well, I, I don't think Lonzo, I, I think I'd put him at the bottom of those of the list when it comes to, you know, being ball dominant when you talk about him, B.I. And, mm. and LeBron because, I mean, he's just primarily trying to set up other guys. But, you know, Kuz has shown the ability to take the ball, not only score score from three levels and then score, I mean, and set up his teams to, to, to score on their own. And I think, you know, when it comes to Kyle Kuzma, even even more remarkably than the the corner he's turned in playmaking is the way he's playing defense lately. Absolutely, and the it this whole this new development this this iteration of Kyle Kuzma might not be the co-star the Lakers are looking for alongside LeBron James, but it absolutely makes him an NBA starter. Like. His floor right now, if he keeps this up, is a surefire NBA starter. And that wasn't the case when this started the season, obviously, uh, because he was going you know, from the second unit to the first unit. Um, and he, he's been in the first unit for a little while now. But now we can say definitively with confidence that Kyle Kuzma is a starter on the team. And it should stay that way um, you know, for the foreseeable future as long as he's healthy. Yep, and uh, you know, and as long as you know Brandon Ingram, he's had his fair share of injuries, and so you know, I don't want to you know say we can safely assume you know he's going to miss some more time, but at least for right now, we can say that he's gonna he's gonna you know keep this play up pretty well because he's got that opportunity, he's got the ball in his hands a little bit more, but uh, it's it's going to be definitely really interesting to see you know if he can keep it up when Brandon Ingram returns, and the the thing that. I'm most interested to see is when Brandon Ingram returns because Kuzma isn't the only one that's been balling out lately. I mean, Josh Hart's looked pretty, pretty good with the first unit. And I don't think, I don't think Ingram will move to the bench. I don't think Luke would do that, but it's definitely a conversation I think needs to be had because if Kuzma's playing better with Ingram off the floor and the fit with Brandon Ingram and LeBron James is clunky while they're on the floor together. Um, at the very least, I think those guys need to be staggered more so than they are now uh, when Ingram gets back. Because uh, I, I love Ingram. I think he's going to be a very good player. But he hasn't made the same leap playing next to LeBron James the way Josh Hart and Kyle Kuzma have. I mean, just statistically speaking as well, not even just from 
watching him play that that's obvious but statistically speaking um he's digressed in nearly every statistical category and whether that's because he's failed to get that rhythm back from coming back from suspensions or injuries whatever the case may be it's clear that things just haven't clicked for him yet so um that's that's what's most interesting to me when ingram gets back and i know it's a conversation we've had before this season with ingram um but uh, do you do you share the same thoughts um it's 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 definitely i don't know it's like a it's a polarizing situation I, i i can't i can't really decide you know for sure so i'm gonna i'm gonna take a neutral stance <laughs> um the 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 one thing we were talking about is kuzma being um a, a an absolute starter but at this rate if if this trajectory continues because i think it's easy to forget because of his age one but also because of how polished of a player he is that kyle kuzma has only had one NBA offseason under his belt. This is what he's done with a single NBA offseason to work on his game with. So if his upper traje- trajectory of being uh, you know, a decent defender, not ready to call him an, uh, an elite defender, although he's looked the part over the past few games, um, but a decent defender who can make plays for others, make smart reads, and score at three levels, what is his NBA ceiling? What's that... And, and it, these things are tricky when you talk about NBA, NBA pro player comps, uh, past and present. Um, but what, in your opinion, would be his player comparison, his his absolute ceiling right now? Um, I don't know if it's too premature to say, but God? Um, <laughs> no. uh, Maybe d- a little bit. I think it's a little premature. Well, then I'll settle for Larry Bird. But no, oh, no, no. Um, realistically, Celtics Twitter is shaking right now. But uh, realistically, um, a, a little more realistically. Best case scenario, I think you know you have a Richard Lewis type player um, hmm. that can score at three levels, play defense, and uh, is just a guy that you can trust out there on the floor. A, a good, uh, you know, ten plus year veteran. I, I think you know everybody would be lucky to have a Richard Lewis type on their team. And that's what you need in, the, in this day's NBA. You needed a big who can stretch the floor. And Kyle Kuzma has been able to do that. Richard Lewis did that for his whole career. So, you know, hopefully uh, they're, that he's able to make me look good with his play. And, and so my prediction can be right. So you're saying Kuzma's NBA ceiling is a future big three player. Look, <laughs> I'm going to go as far as say future big three MB, MVP. <laughs> for me... We when and when we were off the air, we joked about Kuzma being like a light mellow, like a light Carmelo Anthony, um, in his prime, of course, not not whatever Carmelo Anthony is now. Which I think you know, Carmelo Anthony was an absolute dominant scorer at in his prime. So I think that's that's a little out there, but it for me, it has to be Nick Batum, who's who's still playing right now. Um, specifically if he continues his his playmaking because Nick Batum is one of the best playmaking wings in the league and uh, he's also a really talented scorer at three levels. So um, defensively, I think Kuzma has a little bit higher of a ceiling um, and 
because of Nick Batum's frame, I think, uh, you know, the Kuzma's ability to score in the post is a little higher. Uh, but beyond that, I think they're pretty similar. And, you know, for the for the 27th pick in the draft, Nick Batum for his ceiling isn't bad at all. And once again, God bless the Lakers uh, scouting department for for sniffing out the player that Kuzma is. And shout out to the uh, 26 teams or really, yeah, 26 teams that passed on him. Yeah, and, and shout out to the Lakers for taking the Spurs' guy. So it's always good when they can get a leg up on the Spurs. So we've got an exciting slate of games coming up on the schedule, and we'll end the show the same way we've ended it the past few weeks, and I think it's done pretty well for us, especially with our predictions. We haven't been that far off, um, and I'm feeling pretty good about our chances this week. So starting tomorrow, which is Thursday, in Houston against the Rockets, uh, Brandon Ingram won't be there to provide that Brandon Ingram special, and neither will Rajon Rondo, uh, but... Beside that, how do, how do you think they'll perform tomorrow in Houston? I think they'll win. I'm going to say uh, they're, they're going to win. It's going to be surprisingly comfortable. Uh, hmm. I'll say probably like 11-point win against Houston. The The matchup that's, I, that worries me the most is uh, Josh, Hart. <laughs> Josh Hart and James Harden, obviously. Because Josh Hart has been effective in the post if you will like he's a brick wall in the post i think the when when bigs get the mismatch on heart they're expecting like an easy bucket and it never is and shout out to josh hart who is built like a thwomp um <laughs> so i i love josh hart but as far as perimeter defense goes he hasn't been the best and we saw that against uh demar Derozan, and we've seen it a lot this season so um, that, that, that matchup, I'm really interested to see how he responds to that. And, um, as long as they can keep Harden a little quiet, I think again, yet, like you said, it'll, it'll be a pretty comfortable victory. Uh, the next day we are in Charlotte, or I'm sorry, the, uh, Saturday we're in Charlotte against Kemba Walker, who, my God, uh, he, he's fallen back to earth a little bit, but I mean, to start the season, he was, one of the most fun players to watch in the NBA. Um, so that that assignment with Lonzo is going to be really fun to watch. They've been a little scrappy this season, but I also think that's a game they can win pretty comfortably if they if they do everything right. Yeah. Um, really, when you look at Charlotte, it's, it's Kemba Walker, and then yeah, it's Kemba Walker. <laughs> um, and I, I, I think that, it's going to be another win for the Lakers. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to go to Houston and then to Charlotte, you know, in terms of travel. But yeah. I think they'll be able to find a way and get it done. Yeah, because the 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 Hornets, like I said, are kind of a scrappy team, and they have players. And the, a large reason they're a hot and cold team is because they have a lot of players that are hot and cold. I mean. Over the past few games, Frank Kaminsky has been one of their most valuable players, and he's is not by any stretch of the imagination a consistent uh, basketball player. So it really depends on what Charlotte Hornets team shows up. But at the end of the day, the Lakers have a LeBron James, and really they also have a Kyle Kuzma. And I feel pretty good saying that because um, I, I saw somebody on Twitter the other day say that the, in the past – 
they they didn't feel confident that the Lakers had the second best player on the floor after LeBron James. Uh, and they're not going to have the second best player on the floor uh, on Saturday with with Kemba Walker because, again, he's an all-star, very talented player. Uh, but the third best player on the floor, I think Kyle Kuzma deserves to be in that conversation. And he's going to be in that conversation on most nights unless they're playing you know, the Rockets or the Warriors. So uh, that's another dynamic. His his improvement adds to the team. That, that really excites me. Sunday. Washington Wizards and whatever is going on there uh Dwight Howard will not be in the lineup as he is still nursing his butt um but we they still have John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, a few talented scorers that just haven't been able to get on the same page this year. Yeah, um it almost feels dangerous picking the Lakers to win 3 games in a row. Um but I'm going to do it. The Washington I'm going to do it too. Are so I'm weird. Gonna- they're so weird. They're such a weird team. I think that you know, it's going to be a completely different team next year. But uh, for right now, they have like the potential to get a win. Like if John Wall decides to you know play like his contract says, and if Bradley Beal plays just just like Bradley Beal. But yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of things that are are just so weird about the Washington Wizards right now. I think the Lakers will uh, get a third win right there. And especially if they're playing for a ticket out of Washington, because those are two guys that have been linked to the Lakers. Uh, whether those reports have had any credence or not, um, if they want if they want to get out of Washington, they want to come to L.A., Sunday would be a, a good day to put on that audition tape. Um, and then Tuesday is the last game that they'll play before we meet again on Wednesday, uh, and it's in Brooklyn. And it sounds very weird, but this is the game I'm least confident about. I mean, even with them losing Karis LeVert, who I thought was having a remarkable season, um, maybe not an all-star, but definitely a fringe all-star. Um, but they they have very young and talented players from uh, our, our old son, D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jarrett Allen, who really excites me, um, Damari Carroll, just a team of solid NBA veterans and young players. And they're, they're my league pass team this season. They've been a, a fun team to watch this season, even though their, their record says otherwise. So I'm going to, I'm going to predict the Lakers lose this one. Look, I'm still, I'm not going to talk about the D'Angelo Russell trade. I'm not going to talk about the D'Angelo <laughs> Russell trade. Let's I'm get not, Anthony on the show to talk about the D'Angelo Russell trade. Uh, let's not do that. Um, <laughs> we'll, I'm going to say as little words as possible about the Nets game. I think the Lakers will win a fourth straight. Four straight. All on right. the road. Well, thanks for hanging out with us this week again, guys. It's always fun. Uh, if you like our show or would like to recommend this show to any of your fellow Lakers fans, uh, your Lakers fans' friends, Uh, Please do that because we have a lot of fun doing the show and without you guys, it would not be possible. Um, Of course, if you like our show, please uh, leave a review on iTunes, uh, a five-star rating if you think it's worth that. Um, And otherwise, we will see you all next time. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that for some reason or another, seems smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even 
stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>